We're on an adventure. Hello and welcome to the Ninchill Podcast. This is your host, Craftsworth, here with my co-host, Mathwiz. Say hello, Mathwiz. Uh, I tried to think of a joke and I didn't have anything. Hello. Because Dragon Ball isn't funny. No, actually, that's not even... I, I like it. <laughs> I was thinking of Gintama, maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Gintama, what's that? Uh, let's just not bring it up ever again. Uh, all right. Uh, comments. Um, I thought there were some good ones. Um, lots of people giving also their like personal experiences with Dragon Ball because it is just this fundamentally important work in regards to specifically, especially like Western countries. I mean, uh, so you know, it, like that's you know, it, it makes sense um, that it would come up a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tudai uh, Kishasa had a good write up on a bunch of connections to the original Journey to the West and references and stuff. Uh, some of them I was aware of, some of them I wasn't. And uh, I, I do. At the end, uh, they mentioned that you know maybe <laughs> we should read it eventually, and I agree because it is kind of an important work, and I would like to have some experience with it at some point. But also, my anime and manga backlog is long enough as it is, <laughs> and never mind everything else I want to consume. But uh, maybe someday I'll read Journey to the West. Uh, oh, the Vibe Z um, asks if we're covering Dragon Ball Super. Um, the answer is yes. I thought I mentioned it last time, but maybe I wasn't clear about it. Uh, the plan is to read the original Dragon Ball manga and then read Dragon uh, Dragon Ball Super. May, um, I think we're also going to read Galactic Patrol Jacko. Uh, I'm more on the fence with... Uh, there's like the Bardock prequel mo- episode of Bardock manga. That's... Oh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, then there's Dragon Ball Minus, uh, which is also kind of infamous. And um, then we're also going to watch the Broly movie, and we're going to watch all of the original <laughs> movies and Battle of Gods yeah, and everything, Those two, right? I'm assuming, no, just because, like, I mean, we already know what happens in them, and I don't think they're, like... Like, Jacko's a little different because it's, like, Friends as a prequel, um, and also it, it hasn't been adapted to anime, so I don't think you've seen, or, like, you know the character, maybe, right? But uh, you haven't actually read Jacko, have you? Uh, I don't think so i've read i'm pretty sure i've read dragon ball minus but i don't think i actually read okay. jacko's or ja- why right. am i saying jacko now jacko ja- yeah <laughs> um yeah so so that one's like more yeah if, if like i don't know the bardock manga mostly it, like, is, it isn't relevant like jacko is a character who appears in dragon ball super so it's like it's impo- it's you know notable to have that context where dragon ball minus is kind of you know it, it's just a backstory like that we already we both already know it like i don't know if we need to go out of our way to read it is what i mean um there, there's also like a three chapter resurrection of f manga but it's basically just like an advertisement for the anime it, it doesn't actually resolve the conflict uh so we're probably just going to ignore that um, and obviously no GT and no anime-only stuff because, again, this is a manga podcast. We, we read manga. I don't think we've ever... Um, did we even talk about Naruto the Last on the Boruto podcast? I don't even remember. I don't even think so. Um, I think we've both uh... seen it, but uh, I don't remember actually talking about it. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Because we have sometimes, like... Uh, like, I know we've read Zombie Powder and Monster Soul. Like, we sometimes read other... Uh, level e right we we read other works by the manga author and just sort of talk about them generally very quickly and yet Um, we didn't read dr slump curious (laughs) but we've never done that for anime is what i was trying to get at like because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day i do feel like it's a manga podcast so uh yeah we're just generally not going to talk a lot even though we use the anime openings openings and endings i guess so (laughs) uh 
But anyway, yeah, just to, just to be clear on, you know, what we'll be experiencing, I think as far as I have it laid out, uh, we're doing seven episodes of Dragon Ball, uh, or no, wait, nine episodes, seven or seven episodes of Dragon Ball, the manga, and then two episodes for Super, uh, for what's been, uh, the completed arcs so far. Um, oh, uh, so this comment was interesting. Uh, 27 Daniel, um, they actually came onto my server recently and, uh, they actually know Japanese, which, uh, is why they were able to give, like, their sort of perspective on power levels in the Japanese fan base. And they mentioned that it kind of seems to be something that, you know, kids are really into, especially in tokusatsu communities of like, which characters can beat who. Right. And that's, uh, but they, you know, said that that's something maybe, uh, that they grow out of. And I definitely think that's true to a degree. Um, but what I realized after that, cause I've also thought about this distinction or like how, um, the different fan bases are with anime manga stuff between the two countries, because I think it's kind of interesting because, like, obviously it definitely happens in the West where, like, you ha- yeah, there's people who, like, experienced Pokemon or Power Rangers or Dragon Ball as a kid, but then they grew up and they weren't really interested in that anymore. Um, and But then there's also more, like, otaku, you know, like, you know, I mean, us too, you know, like, we're, we're nerds. Uh, here we are, adults, talking about this, you know, children's manga, right? Like, we didn't necessarily like, grow out of it in the same way, just so to speak. Um, and, I, and I believe that's also the tr- true in Japan, where, you know, a lot of people do experience this stuff as a kid, but they do eventually grow out of it. They start reading seinen manga, you know, their, their tastes kind of evolve as they, as they age and they stop engaging in the stuff for children. But then there are also otaku who just engage in everything. Um, and I think that's interesting to think, well, because like I was thinking, because I, I brought up like power scaling YouTubers and stuff where you have these adults who are getting really in-depth about the power levels and stuff. And that's what I was mostly thinking of when about how like the communities are uh, maybe different. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess what I'd be cu- cu- curious about is if there's like, is there an equivalent to like power scaling YouTubers in Japan and the two Japanese speaking audiences? Do otaku not care about that kind of thing or do they? Like, that's what I'd be curious about, I guess. Like, I know, I'm sure they do to some degree, but I'm wondering, like, like I, <laughs> there's a lot of popular like power scaling YouTubers. I, like That's a notable like faucet of the anime YouTube community. Um, and so, well, I guess to go back to my original point, why why I think the West is maybe a bit different, and or not maybe, or I guess it's it's the same in that you you know you have the people who grow out of it and the people who don't, but the difference is that like anime is just you know like there's a huge difference between like Sazaisan and One Piece where like most of the like a huge portion of the country have has consumed it in some level, uh, where you know compare that to America where even the most prolific things like you know there's lots of people who haven't consumed them. So there's just like a, a discrepancy between those people who grow out of it and the people who the, the more it's cause it's more niche in general, I guess. So, you know, um, it's a bit disproportionate, the differences, I guess, which is why, um, you know, you get like the people who are really into anime and stuff. Like there's just, I, I don't know how to phrase it. I had a phrase earlier in my head better, but, uh, so yeah, I guess, uh, I would, ju- I would be curious about hearing more about, like I said, about the, are there these, you know, power scaling YouTubers in Japan uh, or communities in general who talk about this thing a lot? I don't know. Um, uh, there were a few other comments, um, that I thought were good. Mr. Grimm, uh, uh, mentions like child men characters and, uh, you know, with Goku Mm -hmm. being one of the only ones from the time, um, which I definitely think is true though. I do remember like Astro Boy being an older one, of course, which, you know, Toriyama even cites as an influence, um, I wouldn't say necessarily for, I don't, I don't know, for especially, I mean, he likes sci-fi stuff in general, but also I, I don't know how old the main character of Otoko Ipiki Gaki to Show is, but it was like a notable jump manga um, that before even Ring the Kakuro. And I just, I, I, looking at it uh, from a distance, the main character seems younger, but I don't know how old they actually are. 
Um, so like, uh, but yeah, Goku's definitely like we we talked about how he definitely feels kind of uh, notable in regards to especially like later on, uh, you know, like there, I don't know. It's it's like I guess what I thought about is um, I don't know if like how much is you know Goku was an absolute, absolutely a popular. Goku is absolutely a popular main character, and, you know, there's definitely characters like Luffy who have been influenced by him, but also I'm just way more aware of series after Dragon Ball compared to my awareness and knowledge of series before Dragon Ball, so maybe there are, like, gaps in knowledge, uh, so, I don't know, I just wanted to be aware of that, because I I did know of a couple examples, but, uh, anyway, um, uh, the last one I wanted to bring up was, um, Drema mentioned how, like, a lot of people seem to miss, uh, some of Goku's characterization, and you know, Grem's response made me think of how, like, because a lot of people have only experienced Dragon Ball Z. And I, and I checked and I realized, oh, it's obvious why. Because, like, okay, say you're aware of Dragon Ball and you want to go through the original Dragon Ball. There's two ways to do it. You watch 150 episodes that adapt, like, 16, 15 volumes. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, that's a lot. Or you read the manga, which anime fans are allergic to manga, and it's way, just in general way less read. <laughs> like Dragon Ball, I would say is probably one of the most more more well read titles. Uh, but even then, like you know, it's just people are just so not into it, relatively speaking. Like you know, Minimus is a great example because it's uh, pretty indicative of the commu- online communities you find, which already is a more manga heavy subset compared to you know, like, people who watched Dragon Ball as a kid and then just kind of, like, ignored it, right? Um, like, people who have seen Dragon Ball versus people who have read Dragon Ball. Um, so it's just, like... And then you also have, like, Dragon Ball Kai, which skips Dragon Ball. You have Dragon Ball Abridged, which focuses on the anime, and uh, the DBZ anime, and skips Dragon Ball. So you just have a lot of, like... Yeah, a lot of people, their only experience with Dragon Ball is Z. So it makes sense that they'd miss a lot of Goku's, like, key characterization because it happens... Like, it's not even, like, hard-to-grasp characterization. It's just, like, um, you know, but it's just in material a lot of people haven't consumed, I guess. And, uh, you know, and so, like, you also don't see how he, you know, changes. Like, even in this reading, there was a moment where I'm like, hey, I've gotten better at being able to tell boys from girls with just looking at them. And it's like, yeah, like, character development. Woo! Um, I don't know. Um, (laughs) But it's like, you know, I don't know. Just uh, comments that are make. I guess, you know, comments that are just making me think of things that are interesting. Um, but yeah, I liked reading the comments, so. I did read the comments, I swear. <laughs> I don't know. Um, hopefully we'll have more to say, or, uh, more, you'll have more to respond to when we get later into the series, uh, but we'll see. Because Z is definitely the point where people are, like, exact, for the reasons I kind of mentioned, it's just more, uh, hmm, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? I can't think of the word. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> So, uh, starting the reading, I guess real quick to get Matt was saying something. Um, I'm having a good time flashbacks where it's like, oh, um, I'm I'm the only one talking, Matt was. Um, but no, uh, how, what did you think about the reading overall? There was a reading. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Red Ribbon Army arc is fun. Um, I think the uh, I honestly would not be able to remember what I thought of it the first time I watched it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I can definitely remember, like, watching the Dragon Ball Dissection stuff and kind of getting a better appreciation for it. Um, but, but yeah, like, going going through it, um, that was sort of, like, reinforced that, like, this, this arc does a lot. Like, it still manages to maintain kind of, like, I'd imagine this is sort of the last of, you know, a big arc 
contained within more like um what's the word you know it has like an episodic uh, structure to it but it is also a larger um you know complete arc uh and from this point on you get like uh another tournament arc which is a lot more serious you get uh the stuff with piccolo uh and then it you know Z happens, and right? It, it goes so from like yeah, and then, like stuff. Yeah, after this, you go like I guess yeah, that's a bit, pretty notable difference because like, um, you know, even though arcs will have their more minor antagonists, like um, I wouldn't say Red Ribbon Army is is really framed as like oh yeah, Goku's gonna eventually beat up uh, General Red or Commander Red or whatever's uh, title well, even, was. Even thinking about right? it from the sense of like um, you know, like when they when they go to Namek and sure they have like all these different uh antagonists to fight, but it's not. You know, it still kind of has the Red Ribbon Army arc still has that like an adventure feel to it. Uh, whereas like right. in later arcs, they might fight different people or there might be different stages of fights. But it's not like, OK, we do the thing at this location and then that takes us over to this location and then we go over here to this other place and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I guess it kind of changes the goal. Like, I think because like, you know, with Namek, it's like, yeah, Frieza's there. You know, he's just the strongest guy. So there's this like notion of beat Frieza. Where I think, at least in the Android and Cell Saga, there is a bit of a difference because, like, the antagonist changes, like, three times. So it's not like, you know, you start the Android stuff and it's like, oh, yeah, beat Cell. He doesn't exist yet, right? Um, so it is a little different in that instance. But, um, you know, I definitely think, yeah, the difference between, like, Red River Army and Piccolo is because, you know, through the Piccolo stuff, there's just this general thing. Like, the goal, the general goal is beat Piccolo. Where in this arc, arc even though, yeah, there is this recurring antagonist group with its, you know, supreme leader... Uh, it's not like beat Red Ribbon Army or be- beat Commander Red. It's find the Dragon Balls, which I think is re- reinforced with like the last part of this arc, which isn't about beating up the Red Ribbon Army because they're already destroyed. It's but there's still more of the arc to go because they have to get the last Dragon Ball, which involves you know uh, Elder the Baba, um, the Seer, and right like it's not yeah. It, so it makes sense that yeah like and this arc yeah, I think because I know it's uh, it's Mister Fusion's like favorite. Uh, Dragon Ball arc, I believe, mm-hmm. or one of them. Um, if, if it's not at the top, like, I know Saiyan Saga, I think it was up there, but uh, it's been a while since I, I saw his ranking, and I know it's changed at, at times. But, uh, you know, and I, like, because I, I don't know, like, the the fan base of Dragon Ball is so big, I don't, like, I don't think there's, like, a consensus good arc, and in general, like, a lot of people just think the series is heavily flawed in the first place. Like, you know, I think people like Saiyan and Frieza, I think, and Cell has some fans, Boo, less so. Um, but Reverend Army, I feel like, is definitely the, uh, I guess, the hipster choice of like, ah, oh, yes, I read the original <laughs> Dragon Ball, and I like it better than Z. Um, yeah, like, like... <laughs> I think I think it has. Uh, I, I don't know. I like it for that, you know, kind of best of both worlds sort of structure where it is mm-hmm. like an ongoing arc um, with like recurring antagonists, uh, just more under the umbrella of Red Ribbon Army. But at the same time, you know. It, it's still Toriyama kind of getting the chance to do this sort of, um, you know, it still has, like, there's a lot of room for comedy there. And, uh, you know, with a lot of the the, di- the things sh- shifting, like, uh, characters come in and out of the story. Um, so, like, it starts off, it's just Goku by himself. But then, like, Bulma and uh, Krillin come in for a bit. And then they dip out, and it's Goku again with these other characters. And there's, like, you know, mm-hmm. Muscle Tower. So you're over in, like, you know wintry cold yeah. area and then yeah. uh you know uh underwater in this pirate cave and then you're in the forest and you're climbing this tower to go train with another master and uh you know it's it just 
it it goes um it goes all over the place it has an opportunity to still you know have that adventure feel to it and it, it makes it, it makes it fun to read in that way uh because it's not it's not repetitive in that way it just you know yeah and I made a joke about, like, oh, it's the hipster choice for best arc. Uh, I say that as someone who, like, it's currently my favorite arc right now in this reading. Um, obviously, like, notwithstanding the future arcs. Oh, wow. And, Your favorite uh, of the three arcs we've right? read. <laughs> but it was also my favorite arc back when I first read re- read the manga back in 2012. So, like, I say that, like, prepared to be the hipster. I don't, I, I see, and that's the thing is I don't know how I'm going to respond to the later content when it becomes because like that's the thing is it, it's dragon ball becoming more like the series that i do like right because i do like like naruto bleach one piece uh, hunter hunter like a lot of the kind of series that we've read so far you know um they were inspired by the material that was adapted into dragon ball z not the the material like like not that it wasn't there and it isn't important to the manga overall but like uh so i don't know how i'm gonna you know view that material um because uh, I hope to like it, and I know some of my friends also really like it, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's just I'm so far removed from it that I don't really have an opinion at this point, obviously, not having read it. How but, uh... rereading Dragon Ball made me change my score from a <laughs> 9 out of 10 to a 1 out of 10. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, so that's not to, like, like, and yeah, I think, especially if you like that adventure aspect more than the, the battle shonen aspect, I suppose, is what I'm getting at, because, like, yeah, even if I, like, only give Dragon Ball, like, a 7 or an 8, you know? Like, let's say, including the later material, like, yeah, that's probably because, you know, I do like those other series I mentioned more than Dragon Ball for what they do with the Battle Shed and stuff. But, uh, so I can also understand, like, just liking that adventure stuff more because, uh, like, I guess, you know, maybe I haven't read enough of these older, like, and because I know there are older adventure manga, um, you know, so maybe maybe there are some other really good ones. And Dragon Ball gives, you know, like, because I think Battle Shed is so, like, prolific, that uh you know you get people who see see one that's one a little bit different and it's like oh changing the shonen formula and uh <laughs> um so uh you know it is different and i think um f- you know from that normal stuff so it you know and uh yeah it's a good arc i like it it's fun um it's got my favorite fight in the, se- fight in the series so far um so uh i don't know i'm curious to see what i like or what what happens when i read further but uh it's good um <laughs> Yeah, I think that was just something I was able to better appreciate that the the structure of it, how mm-hmm. you know it, because like the, Dragon Ball as a story changes a lot over the course of its run, and like, but also having a broader perspective on like how other shonen action narratives kind of evolve, how it'll go mm-hmm. from kind of the more episodic or just probably those types of manga in general, because like you don't know if you're going to get uh, canceled or whatever, and so like you yeah. got to make the, the early stuff interesting and. You know, it gives you the opportunity to flesh out the world and characters and stuff. Um, and yeah, uh, like I, like I've said before, I obviously haven't like read a ton of Doctor Slump, um, but it, it was also kind of fun to go back to to that material where he's in Penguin Village for a yes. bit. And it's like, oh, okay, I have an idea of who some of these characters are now. Yeah, that was one thing I noticed while reading it again, like again, is just how much I didn't know in this case because it's like they're definitely leaning on gags that I should know. You know, because Dr. Slump was really popular, and I would assume a lot of people reading Dragon Ball as it was publishing were probably aware of Dr. Slump, right? Um, even mm-hmm. if they hadn't read or watched all of it, they, you know, they'd at least some, seen some of it. And I've seen none of it, or read none of it. So, like, uh, like yeah, going through the, these chapters is the most experience I've ever had with Dr. Slump. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but we'll, we'll talk about that later, I suppose. Um, 
but anyway, the arc starts off. Uh, we first get introduced to the Red Ribbon Army. Uh, Goku beats their ass, <laughs> which becomes a recurring thing. Th- uh, this was also um, there was definitely sm- stuff that the anime added that I kind of had like flashbacks to because it wasn't in the manga. Okay, um, I, like I'm yeah. pretty sure this character who shows up first, Silver, has like the the anime gives him a little more gravitas instead okay. of Goku just you know beating him up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um see i actually did remember i think i remembered a an anime edition and i, I remember thinking about it in particular because i really liked it um like think or if assuming my memory is correct but i only remembered the one so if you have any it well, was from the i Tao also Pai did Pai, remember uh, yeah but, yeah that w- that was the other one i was gonna okay gotcha that was the other one uh, i remembered yeah because uh, that one stuck in my head for what when did they were they airing dragon ball the original dragon ball and tsunami because that's when i would have watched it so uh the fact that like that one specifically stuck in my mind like it must have been like you know it's it, it was good and i want to talk about like why it's a, a bit of a shame that it's not in the manga because i was even like looking forward to it and it's like oh wait that wasn't there sad <laughs> um, but anyway you get the um see i guess like like reading it now like obviously i think of like spandam and any lobby where he's hearing about Luffy causing havoc and he's just like, oh, it's you know, oh, he beat five men? Wow. <laughs> like, and then here, so you have Commander Red who, like, what? Uh, Silver was beaten by a, a child? Get out of line. You're, you're, you're going to be executed. Like, just the, the way they consistently underestimate Goku. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, it's always fun. Like, because it builds up, like, the underdog thing, thing, even though, like, Goku's, you know, yeah, he's up against an army even though he's really strong. Um, but it's always mm-hmm. satisfying to see like there was one I really liked later because command because blue goes from general blue goes from um like oh he's just a kid oh like an old man and a turtle and a lady and then like they start like being really impressive and he completely flips to the other direction to assuming they're all like highly dangerous threats to the point of and they didn't even like because when when yeah, his men got chased off of use the turtle. <laughs> right like he's still being dumb like less dumb overall but it's 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 funny because he's yeah he's like gone from no one none of them are a threat just take him out to oh god they're they all could be threats the turtle is dangerous run <laughs> i don't know it's just uh, yeah that, that was funny um but anyway yeah goku gets the first dragon ball he goes up to the snow area near muscle yeah, tower i think i think oh, also yeah, um just like more specific instances of that like still having that kind of like episodic structure to it like when he um when goku's like flying around on Keentone, but then like uh silver blows it up and so it's uh, like yeah. okay now goku needs another method of transportation which means toriyama gets to draw another cool airplane thing and he's got this little robot uh sidekick guy <laughs> and who, then the plane crashes course, and yeah they dies. get they get into the, they get into the cold <laughs> mountain region and the technology freezes uh, and so, yeah, then it's like, oh, no more robot character. But it's, it's one of those little things where it's just like comes and goes. But, you know, reading it through the manga specifically and getting that more episodic uh, chapter by chapter feel for it, it's, uh, I think, more prevalent. Mm hmm. No, yeah. Well, and vehicles kind of also just come a recurring thing. Like, I remember, like, like at one point they're, they, I think they want to go go to the uh, 
the Red Ribbon base to support Goku, and they comment on how they don't have any vehicles anymore because they've all been stolen or lost or destroyed. <laughs> and, um, so, like, yeah, the transportation is, like, you know, it's a... Rec- like, and I guess it is interesting to see that, you know, especially knowing that later on in Dragon Ball, everyone can just fly, or Goku can even teleport, and transportation stops being yeah. a thing. So it's kind of neat to see, to go back and see it being so, like, uh, such a concern overall. Like, even though, at the end of the day, it's not a big concern because, you know, they can usually pretty easily get or remember that they have vehicles or take them um but you know it's still neat to to see overall um it's definitely something that is pretty um central to original dragon ball and not as much uh it's it's one of the elements that kind of gets gets dropped over time uh which i mean like mm -hmm. it's an evolving story that happens uh because like with with z the z portion of it um, I'm gonna keep saying that, even though it's one whole manga. I know, um, no, I understand. Well, because like they are really distinct halves of the manga, right? Like, even yeah. though I, I would say the exact transition point. Like, honestly, I you could say Z. Maybe it's uh, the Z. The it marketing Z. worked. Yeah, you can say it's Z when Goku becomes an adult, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or like it, you know, it, it, you can debate that. But at the end of the day, like. Like, cause yeah, losing the the vehicle element allowed them to more easily facilitate the action battle shonen. Yeah, element, right? yeah, it's um, it just shifts more in the action direction. Right, uh, like that's why I say I understand if Red Ribbon Army is your favorite arc because that you know that means you just really like this adventure, this whimsical comedy, um, lightheartedness, and that's like re- that's it's, I'm enjoying it. Right, um, I, I don't know if I'll like the latest stuff they're... more or not, but it's it's still worth enjoying. Right, but anyway, yeah, go ahead. I, I will be curious to you know get through the rest of the material between Red Ribbon and the Saiyan arc, um, because like I think that there definitely is a different appeal between the two, like between early Dragon Ball when Goku's still a kid and then mm-hmm. when he becomes an adult, and it's a different set of characters and stuff. Uh, but of course, you know that's not even to say that you know the early portion of the story isn't also pretty action heavy, uh, you know, cause obviously the next arcs we're going to be getting are, um, <laughs> they're also pretty dramatic and serious and, uh, fighty. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, and there's definitely some longer fights. Like I think the longest fights so far were like Goku versus Jackie Chun and Goku versus Tao Pai Pai, um, mm-hmm. which were like, not just cause most of the encounters I would say are, you know, just a chapter or two, maybe. Um, there's not that there are like the. I think the purple, the ninja, that was a that was a longer one, but that was also more of a gag fight in comparison. Um, not that like especially Jackie Chun didn't have gags, um, but I guess I, like t- that's where Todd Pai Pai, and we'll talk about him later, of course. But he does kind of like like in general, like already, I'd say the manga is shifting tone, right? Um, like because Tao Pai Pai is this way, like more brutal and serious character yeah. as an antagonist compared to even like, you know, Commander Red, who, you know, he literally like the way, like, anyway, I'm skipping way ahead, but, um, you know, uh, we'll talk about it. Um, so anyway, yeah, Goku gets rescued. Um, you know, he like, he very much, you know, ends up getting his Dragon Ball, but also saving the, everyone from, uh, White who uh, is a tyrant and uh... I like when, you know, he's all rested up and he beats up the guys and he's like, okay, I'm going to go out. And then he runs and then he comes back and he's like, it's cold. <laughs> and then we get, I, I was remembered correctly as you, you mentioned, uh, well, he's called full metal jacket, which I don't know if that was in the original dragon ball or if that was a, a, a change to ref- like a, a changed reference. Um, but uh, I mean, he's more evocative of the Terminator. Um, <laughs> Obviously, it's because, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger with the sunglasses and mm-hmm. being a robot human. Uh, 
I mean that that was a it was kind of a neat fight because it's just like here's like what's ultimately a mook, but he does give Goku a lot of pause. Like it la- the fight lasts a couple chapters, um, and he even fights like without his fucking head. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It was a fun encounter. Um, like, but he ends up losing like go- just because he runs out of batteries. Like he doesn't even like get beaten necessarily. <laughs> it's just yeah. like it just ends in a keg, <laughs> and it's like okay. Um, and the fight with the ninja was was even more of a gag battle, and it was it was also pretty funny because he just has all all these dumb ch- tricks. Um, especially like at one point where he just gets frustrated and pulls out his ultimate ninja art, a gun. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it doesn't work so well because it's Goku, but uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of fun stuff to it, like him hiding in the pond and Goku just like <laughs> grabbing boiling hot water and just pouring it down the pipe. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like, I guess thinking back, or thinking forward, rather, it's also kind of like a trickster battle. Like, it's a trickster battle, like, you know, Goku versus Krillin later. Um, but he's, like, an incompetent trickster, so it doesn't really, like, you know, he's, he's not very good at it. Um, so Goku still, like, has a handy time beating him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess that's I just similarity I thought of. Um, and the, anyway, the, after that we get uh, a translation oddity, because they called him Mechanical Man number 8. Uh... But I guarantee that the later volumes call them androids, <laughs> um, right? Like, you know, we know how this was racked, like this, basically this whole character and organization was retroactively expanded on in like the androids and cell stuff. Um, so it's just kind of weird that they use slightly different terminology, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> I won't pretend that my Japanese is good. Um. Yeah, I don't but know. I think what terms it's it's one of the using, it's but, one of those things uh, yeah. that uh, I don't. Yeah, like I don't know if they are different terms or if they're if they are meant to be the same. I don't know. Um, I mean, well, that's you know, now that I mentioned that's also true because well, I know they they follow the name same number scheme, right? Like, um, you know, uh, you know, he's number eight, and then later on we get like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh. Because well, because now that you, now that you do mention that, I actually like because one thing I'm aware because uh, you know, I don't know. Because hmm. by my understanding, like androids are it, like, and maybe this is just sci-fi nitpickery, um, but androids are robots that are made to look human, but they are purely robots. Oh Whereas, yeah, I uh, remember because like, <laughs> of all things, oh, did, in, in Team Four Star, they're like, well, technically they're cyborgs. Thank you. That's what I was getting at, right? Because like, te- like Jiro and Seventeen and Eighteen were made f- with human base, so they're technically cyborgs. Um, where I guess Android Eight and maybe Sixteen would be uh, robots or androids rather because they look human um so and i guess speaking of android 8 and 16 um it was kind of interesting how like i I guess android 8 he made me think a lot of 16 because there's a a, a few like similarities to their sort of um like conflict like because you know android 16 if i remember correctly his whole thing was that like you know he was made to kill goku but ultimately he you know comes to value life and doesn't want to and uh well especially because gohan doesn't want to fight um and Mm -hmm. and android 8 doesn't want to fight and it's kind of so you kind of have these two contrasting like you know goku and android 8 and you have gohan and android 16 and they kind of like um so in this case with android 8 um Android 8 doesn't want to fight, but Goku kind of even says, like, well, you know, if you, you know, if you fight, you can protect things. You can avoid losing other things because, like, uh, Android 8, he's willing, he's unwilling to fight even if he'll die. Like, he's even said, like, fine, I'll be blown up. I just don't want to fight. But when it comes to, like, saving Goku, he does uh, end up fighting in the end. 
Um, and that's kind of like, it, it's just like kind of an inverse relationship to Gohan and Android 16, where Gohan, you know, struggles to fight and cause he, or struggles to accept his anger and, and become Super Saiyan 2 until 16, uh, is, you know, like it, it's, I don't know, uh, maybe I have to reread that material, but I just thought of like, there's, there's definitely a contrast there. Uh, it's just, I haven't gone through those cell arc in so long. I only kind of vaguely remember it. Um, so I hope I'm making sense, but, uh. Oh, yeah, and I guess another translation thing, that this might have also been, you know, just a, uh, um, you know, it, it might have easily been a mistake in the original manga, where it is because General, or Commander, I don't, I, I don't, I just, call, I don't care about the ranks, whatever, <laughs> but it's just weird to just call him white, <laughs> and, uh, but he, like, when, when Android 18 turns on him, he says something about, like, oh, you're turning on your creator, which kind of implies that he made Android 8, where obviously, like, retroactively, we know that, you know, Dr. Jarreau created Android 8. So, uh, I don't know. It was just a thought I had. Um, and again, like another translation thing. So, I don't know. I think Mr. Fusion would probably have covered it because, you know, like he goes through the original uh, Japanese. So, um, anyway, did you have anything else to say about Muscle Tower? Um, yeah, I guess not. Like, it's fun. Uh, I enjoy it. Uh... <laughs> yeah okay that's fine um okay i the comedy wise i really like the chapter the first chapter after that uh because goku goes to find bulma and he goes to the city and he's never been in a big city before and the, just the chain of events that takes him to bulma is just like you know it's just him being innocent goku and it's, it's just funny um yeah like, um like he's he like oh gets yeah hit by a car uh and then he's just like he gets in a taxi, but doesn't know what a taxi is, and so the guy kicks him out. And then he's like, especially the part where he's like, oh, you need money to get information in this town, or in this city. And then so, he talks to the random lady, and gets information, like, oh, where's a police officer? And she's like, right over there. And she just and he just gives her money. And she's just <laughs> like, what? Like, <laughs> just like the, all the little like things like that, that just kind of, uh, coalesce i get and it's uh or and beat the, on, or, the bit yeah. with the guys that try to mug him and he just beats the <laughs> crap out of him and he's like the guy's like uh you should you should ask a police officer he can help you and just... <laughs> uh, yeah no it's it's just, it's a really funny chapter because because it is an environment that goku hasn't been in yet um and he just he doesn't understand society um <laughs> so uh and then there's even like a chapter where uh like the the police officer guy is uh kind of a he's like he like not only I don't know if it's there to maybe show that like the capsule corporation is just a very uh you know they're mm. so so ahead of everybody in terms of like their technology yeah. and stuff that it's like not obviously Goku would be a fish out of water because he doesn't belong anywhere um but then the officer is also like, whoa, this is, I, I, no, I don't understand any of this. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't think about that because, yeah, like, because, uh, yeah, the Capsule Corp in-universe, it is out there as it is. But uh, but to us, the readers, like, we don't know what's, like, the whole setting is kind of out there, right? So the cop is there to sort of ground our perspective, I suppose, and go like, okay, yeah, this is, like, yeah, it's weird that he has a garden with, like, dinosaurs and cats and dogs, right? 
Um, Mm -hmm. Because Goku wouldn't fucking react because he just takes everything at face value, right? So just have... And and it it, it does kind of flip the script versus the previous chapter where, you know, the previous chapter, Goku's the fish out of water and he's the weird one. And now the... But now the cop is the only normal one. And he... Yeah. Because Goku's just like, hey, Bulma. And he's like, wow, you're sure casually talking to the heiress of one of the most important corporations in the entire world. (laughs) Right? So, uh, yeah, it's a... it, it, like Toriyama is still a good comedy writer. It didn't just magically go away. <laughs> I also like the little back and forth where, um, like, I forget what it was. Uh, they they like try to figure out where Bulma is, and it's like, oh, she's she should be at school. And then she comes in, and she's like, yeah, I cut class. And that <laughs> you have the the officer who's just like, you shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> but then also, um, you know, in the little garden place, how there's like, oh, you know, dad's got a soft spot for stray dogs and cats and dinosaurs. <laughs> it's it's just a fun, a fun uh, world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, like, a- after that, you get, um, you know, Goku, uh, Bulma fixes the radar and uh, she decides to tag along with Goku. And there's like a gag where she uses like a shrinking device and, get- and then immediately gets stepped on by her mom. And... Uh, like just like we seeing her parents and seeing just how like airheaded they are, you know, it kind of like frames how you know Bulma is just like you know she just gets impatient and yells uh-huh. a lot, right? Like, oh, this is her environment, like that she grew up in, right? Like, of course she's like this. <laughs> well, that and you also kind of get um, it. It was funny how like they she talks about looking for the Dragon Balls with Goku, and her dad is like hey, find me, like, a hot young woman or something. And then her mom is like, hey, find me, like, a hot young man or something. <laughs> I forget exactly how they phrase it. Um, but it's, like, it's it's obviously not something that the series ever digs into because, I don't know, That would be, I don't think Toriyama's the kind of writer who would, you know. Yeah, have, it's I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, but it's, it's like, just something gag, in the background yeah. as, mm-hmm. like, a gag, yeah, where it's like, oh, these two don't seem to really... Uh, have the best relationship. Well, like, yeah. even if you look at, even if you look at Bulma's mom, like, she's definitely more of, like, a kind of trophy right, wife, right? Where she's, like, mm-hmm. you know, not the smartest lady, but, you know, at, you know, at least, that, you know, um, I mean, I guess she's kind of attractive, and maybe she was more attractive years ago, you know, like, she's, already, you know, a mother of a, you know, you know, so, I don't know. But, uh, like, because I, I remember uh, in my pervert character video, I, I refer- heavily reference an article, and one thing the article mentioned is that, like, a lot of marriages in, in Japan just aren't sexually satisfying, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, this is an example of that, I suppose, where, you know, that like, you know, so maybe to a, um, you know, Japanese audience that, 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 that would just more re- register as commonplace with them having desires for, you know, partners outside of the marriage because of the, you know, dissatisfaction mm-hmm. at home, which is like, but yeah, it's calling attention to a lot, uh, with very little, I suppose. Uh, but so it also kind of yeah. makes you wonder if that doesn't also kind of rub off on Bulma in some way that she is, you mm. know, very fickle about like the kind of men that she, like, True. she's already done with Yamcha. Right? Like they just had this, inc- like, uh, oh wow, we finally met each other. We fulfilled our dreams. And now she's like, uh, yeah, Yamcha's a fucking bitch. Let's go. I'm going on <laughs> hunt for Dragon Balls. <laughs> Like yeah, that's <laughs> uh, already not looking super good. Um, and then I think we find out that what Yamcha cheated or something, or uh, like it, 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 I'm speaking thing like it, years of material into the future, but uh, one something it, it didn't go well because uh, yeah, Volma did get ma- get married eventually, but uh, that wasn't Yamcha. So um, <laughs> I see. I remember dry, uh, Mister Fusion talking about it, but it's been so long that I don't remember uh, many of the details. Uh. it's so weird like thinking about like 
Bulma and Vegeta later, like at this point in the story, where it's like, oh yeah, I, I forgot that they're even the same character. Yeah, yeah, because um, you know, she gets older, and yeah, I guess she, you know, that at the end of the day, like all these characters are kids, and I, I guess Goku, like, because I was kind of mentioning, like, you know, Krillin, you know, he's pretty different as as far as he's first characterized versus you know where we know him in the Z material. Where, you know, with Goku, he is largely similar. Like, there's definitely change, and there's already been change, even in just this, in this reading compared to the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, it, you know, re- compared to, like, the other characters, I guess he doesn't change as much, but he's also, like, way more central to the narrative. Where, like, yeah, it makes sense that Bulma would just, like, grow up and have her own things going on outside of the story, right? Um, because, yeah, she's mm-hmm. still kind of, like, <laughs> a brat, and <laughs> maybe not the best person, <laughs> even at this point of the story, but... Uh, you know, as an adult, uh, yeah, I don't remember her being uh, particularly, you know, Bulma, I guess is one, one way to put it. Um, so, yeah, good point. Anyway, then we get introduced to General Blue, uh, I guess the first of the major antagonists for this arc. Oh, boy, here we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a moment I've been thinking about, uh, and I'm like, huh, I wonder how this is going to go over, um, like reading it and talking about it. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's he has the kind of characterization where like um initially like when he executes the guy for like picking his nose that like oh he's just very um I forget what what it is. But like him being like super strong and in this position of power and he's like oh tough guy, right? You know, thinking of like the other antagonists up to this point in the arc were a lot more serious. Um but he has kind of like a quirkier personality that like he's very um can't think of the word Ah, shoot. But, like, how, you know, the guy picking his nose is, like, dirty, and, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I can't, I really can't think of the word I was looking for. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't think of a word either, because, like, I, you know, I think there was a part, like, he gets hit in the face and he gets, like, mad about it, I think, which is, you know, vain about his own appearance, I think, or maybe I'm thinking of a different, like, I, I, maybe, I don't know. Um, but, like, yeah, he definitely seems to, you know, I was thinking, like, particular, on. but that also doesn't seem specific enough of a word. Yeah, like, uh, I, I, uh, I, I get what you're trying to say. I just can't think of it, uh, what you're, what the words you're looking for either. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about General Blue. Um, oh, yeah, and one thing I thought of is, like, so, um, when they first land and they get attacked by Red River Army guys, and... Goku just fucking kills him. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And Bulma's like, what the fuck? That was a little much. And But, like, because Goku, you know, he's already... He recognizes the symbol and he's just associated... Okay, Red Rurani, bad. Uh, beat their ass. Um, where Bulma, you know, this is her first experience with them, so she didn't, like, grasp that. Because Goku's just like, yeah, he, he's, 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 he's taking him out. He's not gonna... He, he doesn't give a fuck. Um, it's also just uh, interesting to see... The, how like the violence in Red Ribbon Army is kind of portrayed, where a lot of people just die and it just happens. Yeah, uh, and Goku <laughs> doesn't seem to really have any qualms about like how he beats people up and if it's like oh if people die it happens. Um, but then well, like I'm... obviously later that becomes more of a thing where it's like oh killing is yes. bad and so I don't well, know if that's he... kind of like yeah. just the childishness or child bleh, childishness or if Toriyama just kind of changed how he wanted to i would portray that definitely say it's how it's portrayed because like it's not just goku because there's i love the fucking gag where they're in like the pirate hideout (laughs) and all of general blue's guys go to like the arrow trap and they all die and then general blue comes in he's like well shit and one of the guys says no survivors sir and general blue's like i can see that like he's having a conversation with literally one of his dead men 
Yeah. Uh, like, and they all have, like, goofy faces. There's no blood. Like, it's a very comedic uh, mass death. Like, they all just died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but it's so, it's funny um, because the series isn't treating these deaths as serious, which, like you said, yeah, with uh, later instances, especially later on in the story, the death becomes very much more serious, right? Which, you know, again, that's not even uh, completely unique to Dragon Ball because, I, I mean, I think Alexander blew, overblew it a little bit in his uh, uh, two-part video on the tone of Hunter Hunter, but overall, like, yeah, there are a lot of deaths in the Hunter exam that are not treated with, like, weight and stuff. Where there is also, like, like usually the dark stuff is kind of tied to Ahsoka, who is being brutal. But, like, you know, he... Yeah, anyway, uh, I'm not going to dwell on it. But, uh, you know, it's just another example of a series that can treat death very seriously. Also, at times, treating it very lightly, I suppose, is what I'm trying to observe. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, ignoring the Roshi pervert stuff, because there's no need to dwell on it. I do um, like the scenes where uh, General Blue is, like, on the phone or whatever, and he's, like, has both his pinkies out. Like, he's just very, uh... <laughs> Again, I can't think of the word I'm looking um, for, but it's just a funny image. Proper, gentleman, gentlemanly, uh... Refined? Refined. I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, so, yeah, that makes sense. That works, I think. Refined, where, you know, he doesn't, res- you know, uh... He doesn't accept any vulgarity, like uh, yeah. someone picking their nose, right? Because of that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, there's the word we found it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they get Krillin. They go to the underwater hideout. Um, I do actually like thinking on it now. Um, like obviously Tao Pai Pai is the one who stands out more as a like a tonal shift for the series, uh, mm-hmm. like being an actual like threatening um, murder guy. But I, I forgot how long that General Blue actually sticks around because he shows up in chapter 70 and I don't think yeah. he dies until like 85 or something in that range. So he's I, around for a good yeah. like 10 chapters. And even Blue, like obviously the Red Ribbon in general are just way more like brutal and ruthless than like any antagonist from the previous reading. Like, you know, peel off part of the joke was that he's actually kind of harmless at the end of the day. Um, but, but, you know, so General Blue... You know, I feel like is even more ruthless than all the previous. Like the Red Ribbon Army arc is almost kind of this. I'd say Tao Pai Pai is still the most brutal overall, but overall, mm-hmm. it's still largely through most of it like rises in brutality until you get to Tao Pai Pai, and General Blue is a part of that. Even if you know he's overshadowed at the end of the day, um, and yeah, he lasts about as long as it is an antagonist as uh, Tao Pai Pai. Uh, so, uh-huh. it's I guess it's also just interesting seeing like the versatility of the character because how he's able to go from. Um being kind of like the the cackling uh planning strategical guy who's like chasing them down in the cave um and then you know stuff starts to break down and he has to kind of like be more resourceful uh mm-hmm. and then you know the stuff with penguin penguin village when he's just you know he a gets punching reduced bag. To, yeah it gets reduced to like gag character victim <laughs> right so yeah that's true cuz like compared to top pie like even though you know he is like the darker uh, character, relatively speaking, like General Blue is able to be more versatile because he's kind of at like that sort of transition point, I suppose. Relative, as far as like this arc goes, tonally, uh, where uh, series wise, like Top of Five, you know, uh, he doesn't blow up planets or anything. <laughs> so, uh, I think it's way, also there. Are, there are other like interesting things about him, like how he just has like telekinetic powers. Uh, That's right. <laughs> which is not really something that, like, you know, the later series has much opportunity to do a ton with, other than just, like, energy beams and 
basically yeah. stuff stuff focusing on key but this isn't key it's something there, totally different there are some um, other examples like where characters will just like make clothes or other kind of creation stuff like mm-hmm. you know there's some examples and you know telepathic co- communication but it's definitely more toned down it's, compared it's, to yeah the it's Dragon not Ball. the same yeah. sort of uh point of conflict where like he is able to to like freeze goku and krillin in place and they like can't move uh, right so that, like, those sort of yeah. like fighting tactical abilities like don't really yeah. have much implementation in the long run so it's just kind of interesting to see him exist uh and i guess alongside it also kind of works with the thing of um like we we've, we see later that uh Karin is also able to uh yes <laughs> read people's minds and I, so it's like oh that's a master thing yeah, no, um, I thought about that when he when he just like, yeah, I know all your shit, Goku, where it's like he basically did the same thing uh, Roshi did in the tournament with, uh, mm-hmm. uh, right, right? like um, So it's like an inconsistency uh, that you don't necessarily get all the time with the, the series in general. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting to see, you know, things that pop up in the series now that, you know, can't really... Mm-hmm get much focus later especially when the story is more serious then it's like okay if somebody had these telekinetic powers and could like freeze people we would have to figure out uh, a way to defeat that and stuff like i actually remember because like it's it's actually a less extreme version of Kanikumon, which, uh, you know, massive has flashbacks but i remember yuda tamago in an interview or one of them mentioned that like how they got away with a lot in early Kanikuman that would not fly at all with audience nowadays because audience nowadays, I guess they, you know, want the more consistent stories with the more understandable rule sets. Uh, so something like Kanikuman or early Dragon Ball, uh, early Dragon Ball being the toned down example, you know, it would just like fly less with audiences nowadays. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I guess that's part of why the shift is because of what readers want. Um, so... Uh, but it's still interesting to see that in those old manga, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Because um, it is, it, it's different, like I said. Um, so anyway, uh, as General Blue's uh, causing shit, uh, we get a little fight scene with Roshi and uh, Launch on the island, which I thought was really nice because, like, I love the turtle um, waving the leaf up to Lunch's nose. And she, like, she's like, <laughs> oh, she leans into it because she's like, oh, shit, I'm in danger. Uh, Launch is strong enough to handle this. Uh, so she like launch beats the guy's ass and it's like fuck yeah (laughs) Um, it's also just kind of interesting that she is now um you know like uh, both halves of the character are now uh what's the word like you know i i don't want to use the word like domesticated but like in you know (laughs) like she does still have her moment later where she betrays the group and like runs off with the diamond um (laughs) right right but she doesn't just like beat up Roshi um, as like, who are you? Why am I here? She's now ha- seems to have more of a, an idea of like, yeah, she's I've been here to her, yes, uh, exactly. for a while. Um, so clearly I must be here for a reason. Right. Like my other self hasn't gotten hurt. So, you know, it must be relatively safe here and fine. Like it'll be, you know, I can just not shoot these guys. And, every, and of course, until she sees opportunities, like, yeah, I'm going to take this fucking diamond. It's mine now, bitch. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, can can you blame her too much? Um, she just wants money. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, it was, so it was nice to see her like having this little moment in an action sequence like this. And uh, just uh, the, you know, the natural result of her, her thing and uh, launch beating the shit out of a guy. It's nice. <laughs> Anyway, they go into the pirate's place. They, they have the harpoon gag that I talked about earlier, which is good. Um, it's also kind of cool seeing the characters have an- another opportunity to kind of 
showcase the fruits of their training, like Goku able to jump across the whole thing, and Krillin's like, oh, I can do that too. Um, but then he, like, smacks his head on the top because he jumped too high, which <laughs> I don't know if that's maybe, like, tying into the fact that, you know, he he was more prideful of the two before, uh, mm-hmm. and so maybe So maybe like, he was trying a bit hard to kind of match up to Goku and yeah, got hurt. Yeah, that makes maybe. sense. Yeah. Uh, um, or maybe I'm reading too much into it. Uh, no, and then, of course, that, uh, you know, yeah, I like they, it. Bulma, they have to just, like, drag her over because she... She wasn't trained with any martial artists. Nope, nope. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I guess we get to the uh, the weird part that uh, <laughs> where they uh, the Bulma and Krillin split up from Goku. They find the treasure. Uh, Blue finds them, uh, and Bulma's reaction is to hit on him. And apparently, he's gay? Question mark. Uh... Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I feel like the anime, of course, like, by the anime, you know, building on things more might have played into this more, mm-hmm. uh, but it actually, like, the manga, I don't know, like, it doesn't seem very clear whether he is or isn't, um, I, at least, I don't yeah, know, like, I, I see, didn't get the impression, I, it's, yeah, it I, seems more like it's playing on the idea of, like, oh, he's very prim and proper, so this might be why, right? Um but he doesn't seem to, like, play in on the joke. He's yeah, just like, what yeah. are you talking about? Well, the way, uh, like, he, you know, like, he got his, yeah, and I, I was remembering co- correctly because, um, uh, you know, his face got hurt and he's like, oh, how humiliating, uh, you know, you can't be allowed to live, like, uh, right, like, so, th- like, there's a pride there, but I guess, um, so, yeah, like, reading it again, like, oh, you know, he even says, like, my beautiful face, so there's, like, a vanity there that I can see being, like, a, you know, maybe, maybe someone would call that, like, gay coding or something like that, and maybe mm-hmm. if you, but, like, at the well, same time. Well, you also time, have things where, um, like, um, you know, he's like, ew, a woman, disgusting. <laughs> that uh, was the one that made me think, okay, yeah, maybe not gay, like, you could just be asexual, right? Um, but, like, uh, because I remember thinking about it a while ago, like maybe he's just a professional and doesn't want to. Before I reread it, obviously, mm. and you know, like uh, you know, not everyone's just like you know, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure if I'd like you know just calling him gay would be like uh, an absolute thing, um, especially like you know, I think you know, portraying villains with you know homosexual characteristics as it sort of you know that's a, a common trend for uh-huh. a bigoted reason, um, you know, traditional bigotry reason and well i mean but even then i think there are a lot of instances of i mean i guess the characters in general but um of just people like assuming things right like uh and about you know j gender or age or stuff like uh when Mm -hmm. um when general blue sees roshi he's like oh this old man he must have developed the dragon radar right (laughs) like there's no way a teenage girl could be smart enough to make a a high-tech such a high-tech piece of machinery that outstrips like our big machine that can't even find the dragon balls with that level of certainty right like um you know just that kind of I, i feel like there's some other instances um but, uh, you know, just where, of course, Goku is the one who overall, like, succeeds the most. He's the one who has no pretensions about anyone. And he's just, and, like, even with the overall thing, you could say, like, okay, yeah, uh, Commander Red, he wants to be taller. because, And he's, you know, to, to be taller, he made an army um, to wreak havoc over the world to and rip it up to find these Dragon Balls because he's too insecure about being height, uh, being small. And the, the one who destroys that army is even smaller. <laughs> um right so like you know you just have all the i don't know i just i felt like there were some more examples but i can't think of them right now but i don't know it was a it was a recurring little thing i noticed um mm. so uh i don't know i forget how i was gonna tie that back to general blue but 
I don't know either. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, they... Uh, but I think yeah, also... Well, before... I think also, like, the thing about it is, um, even if it is potentially kind of like, eh, I don't care for this, um, it's... It, the story moves on fast enough that it's like, it's not something the series ever dwells on. Um, yeah. Which I think, I think was brought up in one of the comments that, like, you know even if Dragon Ball's comedy can kind of be hit or miss with people, it, the series moves quickly. So it's not like, I, I think they also did mention Gintama where it's like, you can have a whole several pages with a bunch of text, like really going in and exploring the full um, potential of a, of a joke. Uh, whereas like with Dragon Ball, it's a lot of just, you know, it's a fast moving manga. So if there's something you don't like, it kind of just happens and moves on. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. Because especially, yeah, <laughs> and I, I could see why that would be a uh, you know nice pace, uh, and especially yeah, because don't want to linger on something we don't like. <clears throat> oh yeah, I like how there's a little bit where the um, I guess regarding you know uh, blue being refined and rejecting you know gross things. There's the mouse that like scares him, and so Goku like I'm gonna save you, stay in my mouth. <laughs> it's just ew, but also like yeah, I guess he saves the mouse so it doesn't die. <laughs> there's something kind of funny to me as well about like he opens a capsule and a, it's just a it's just a gun uh it's just a shotgun <laughs> so i don't know because like we you know a lot of the capsules have been for like big machines and stuff True. Just, i don't know something about the image of just a gun just like the poof uh i don't know yeah no i guess that makes sense because when you're so used to the capsules being vehicles like uh behold my my, my gun <laughs> like yeah, there's something funny there right um Anyway, they get to safety. Uh, Launch takes the diamond, sneezes. Uh, oh yeah, Blue comes in and ties them up, and takes the Dragon Ball. That was a that was a fun use of the gag that like um, you know, Lunch isn't there to be tied up, so that way they can have a savior uh, at right. the last second. Um, which I mean, I think we're already kind of getting to the point where I don't know how much else Toriyama can do to make that joke of like oh. She sneezed and she become violent. Uh. Yeah, it was already kind of a limited joke as we talked about, but because uh, I think after this point she stops showing up very much, if at all. Uh, well, so. I'm pretty sure she's a background character in the next tournament arc, uh, mm. but that might be it. Gotcha. Because obviously, like Oolong and Puar and stuff, they stay background characters for basically the entire series. Um, but yeah, lunch not so much. Um, so anyway. Uh, penguin village <laughs> yeah uh, this was this was kind of fun uh seeing you know the the like fake out uh I, I'd, I'd imagine they probably would have even uh really ran with it uh when it was like published weekly and jump because like it starts off where it's just the the dr slump cast yeah. they're just walking around chatting uh no dragon ball to be seen anywhere and then a couple of pages in, you know, you see Goku appear and it's like, okay, Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, who are you people? Except Aureli. <laughs> I know Aureli a, a little bit. She's a robot. Uh, yeah, she, she's strong. She broke the most earth in half once. Most of these characters, um, I don't know because I only read mm-hmm. a volume. But, you know, like the, the doctor is there and uh, the like, scientist. Um, they're even and, like, joking about him trying to get screen time when he has no reason to be here. <laughs> so, yeah, but... Uh, you have the guy who looks like Yamcha. A little bit, yeah. 
for sure. Um, or I guess it would be more accurate to say Yamcha looks like him, because he would have been written first. Right, right, that makes more sense, you're right. Um, but yeah, so it's it was kind of interesting reading this, where it's like, oh, I know, I know who Raleigh is, I know who the, the, the scientist is, like, I'm aware of some of these characters, I've seen them talk a couple of times <laughs> and then it, there's just like everybody else so it's like you didn't show up yet you didn't show up yet uh i don't know who any of you are <laughs> yeah and they, they like you know we just kind of have to accept like any powers or gags like at face value with them like uh you know the, there's the the baby that just kind of fixes doctor the dragon radar uh because uh dr slump can't because he sucks <laughs> Uh, or at least he's not on Bulma's level. I don't know if he's actually like uh, he made a Rayleigh, so he, he can't be completely incompetent. But uh, also, I did know about the the Superman or Superman, uh, mm-hmm. the Superman character. Um, I mean, Goku I've also read versus this Superman <laughs> death battle. Let's go. Um, I mean, he can't even beat General Blue. So power scaling logic out of the he's, he's <laughs> no he's he's no good. <laughs> yeah, it's it, I don't know. I guess it is interesting seeing. Um, how like Toriyama Mick, you can kind of see where some of the things are different between Dragon Ball and Doctor Slump because like the technology, nobody knows what the fuck uh you know the capsules are or what is this dragon radar? Why is it so advanced? Um, and uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of fun in that way. I think mm-hmm. also you had mentioned. Oh no, you didn't mention it. It was it was it was one of the comments. Uh, talked about um. Like how Goku is kind of one of those characters who grows up with uh, yes. the, the audience of Dragon Ball in a way. And it's kind of interesting seeing him, or more specifically thinking of that while looking at this, the crossover with Arale here. Um, and of course, knowing that she will also make appearances in Super way later. Um, how It's just kind of the contrast between the two characters that one, you know, is able to grow up and kind of uh, become an adult and become a father, a grandfather, that sort of thing. Whereas, like, Arale is just a robot and doesn't age, but is still, you know, has that, that like, childish yes. uh, nature and that strength and stuff. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see these two sort of worlds collide in that way. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, real quick, because I noticed another example of the thing I was talking about earlier, because uh, Arale, she points at, oh, that's the dock. And Goku goes up to the woman, and it's like, hello, like... Like I guess just, like it doesn't really factor into the fight any, but it is an interesting point point of like character contrast between him and Blue, where like Goku just completely accepts like okay yeah you're you're a super intelligent uh doctor like he already knows Bulma mm-hmm. right where obviously Blue assumed that Roshi was the super intelligent scientist uh, which was couldn't be further from the truth uh, so you know I just I I think this was what made me think of uh, the contrast between the two in that way um, and he like even the doctor is like um it, uh a girl like like that part is almost more shocking to him than there's being a great someone who's more genius than him Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah just uh you know dragon ball characters being not the best people uh that's just par for the course (laughs) i'd also imagine uh it would be funny for the the people who are familiar with dr slump to just see like blue like trying to hold a raleigh hostage because from his (laughs) perspective he's like ah yes uh here is this child this weak child who i can um you know, hold hostage for uh, the, <laughs> my plan. And Goku's like, oh no, you evil bastard, how could you? Um, and everybody else is just kind of like, is this your friend or something? Do you know him? Uh, and oh, it's, you know, like, I think he when, wants to wrestle. Like, <laughs> she just yeah, even ass. when Goku is uh, like 
frozen by his telekinesis and he's like, I'm going to like crush your skull with this tree. Then it's only then where it's like, oh, I think he's a bad guy. I think maybe we should do something. (laughs) Right. Like they're not actually worried at all because, you know, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, when they're used to having Arale, who is this like super powered robot uh, girl. um, Actually, I don't know if robot is the word. I forget exactly what the, I don't know. I've only read a volume of Dr. Slump. (laughs) Cut me some slack. No, it's fine. Um, and we just had, yeah, the android is she a cyborg? I don't know. I've I've read zero of Doctor Slump, so I can't answer your question or yeah, the comment. But uh, yeah, and you, we see we see him in the telephone booth again, and he's still like holding the phone with the pinky. <laughs> I actually never noticed the pinky. That is a it's a nice little gag or a little uh, little detail rather, because uh, mm-hmm. it's so <laughs> he's just in fucking Egypt apparently. Um, I wonder if the Penguin Village characters show up at the very end of the series for the final spirit bomb when uh, all the characters get uh, cut to. Um... Uh, I'm assuming no, but maybe that would be. And, even, and of course, the anime could add scenes like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, so anyway, uh, yeah, that about does it for. Um... The Red Ribbon Army arc. Thank you for joining. (laughs) No, we have to get to the best part. (laughs) But uh, how? Who? (laughs) That's a Toriyama moment, Um, (laughs) which I did actually reread because I actually have the. um, It's it's available been available online. It's an interview between Oda and Toriyama from the first uh, Color Walk, which are the uh, One Piece art books that have all the color pages from the manga and some of Oda's other art. And at the end, there's an interview between him and Toriyama. And there's, yeah, there's totally a moment where Oda goes, oh yeah, Tao Pai Pai. Or like, because specifically Oda was talking about how like, I think from Ron Fuan, the char- the fighter lady, um, and Tao Pai Pai, uh, he just like, he took interest in drawing certain parts of the human anatomy. With uh, her, it was the armpit. And with Tao Pai Pai, it was his hands. And uh, Toriyama was like, Tao Pai Pai? Question mark. Um, and Oda's like, he's a really important character. How did you forget him? And I'm like, I guess I did. And he's like, I guess I drew a character like that. And like, so, like th- there's a reason there's, the Toriyama forgets is a meme. Because uh, he's just kind of uh, like launch and Tao Pai Pai. Like, how do you forget Tao Pai Pai? But he wrote the character and he still forgot him. Which is sad. It's almost but, like uh, the weekly manga publication uh, industry is uh, grueling and it destroys people. No, like, there was even a part in that interview where he said that he, at one point he was drawing, like, or maybe it was a different interview that I was looking at, where Toriyama was dra- had drawn, like, five, I don't know if it was pages with colored chapters or full colored chapters in a row. Um, either way, that's a fucking lot. And, uh, like, as I mentioned, that was part of the reason, like, because uh, um, uh, Pablo didn't leave a comment, and I didn't ask for him to, but apparently some other authors of the time, because I mentioned the Golden Trio, uh, Togashi, Inoue, and Toriyama, apparently, like, also, like, Dragon Quest, uh, the Dies Great Adventure artist, also a popular series that had a lot of color, full-color chapters, uh, also a series, like, he's been doing Beat the Vendel Buster for years, because it's like, he, he can't do a consistent release, because... Doing the full color chapters kind of, you know, again, like with all these other uh, artists, just they struggle to write, to write, to draw the same way that they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so like reading that, it's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> but uh, well, and yeah, also <laughs> knowing that, like having the context of um, when Dragon Ball was even kind of uh, uh, conceptualized, I actually don't know if I still have the link for this interview, but like Toriyama in one interview mentioned that like he had to think of like because Dr. Slump was super popular that like what he had to think of what his next series would be and really like plan that out while he was still making Dr. Slump because you know um 
Shueisha or whatever, like, wouldn't let him end the story unless he had, like, the next big hit that could replace Dr. Slum. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was not only, like, doing his weekly Dr. Slump manga and working on that, but he would then have to, like, set aside time in that week to do planning and stuff for Dragon Ball when that would come out. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, like, on top of, you know, as if we drawing a weekly manga isn't enough, um, he had, like, this other workload in there for that period of time, and it's just like, geez. Right, yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's it's a brutal industry. So maybe he wanted to forget all that t- that uh, period of his life. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so Goku's going to get the next Dragon Ball. Um, um, I think the dad. It's Upa is the kid, and Bora is the dad. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, just making sure I remember the characters' names. Um, but yeah, they're like they're strong enough on their own. But uh, you know, uh, Goku saves them, and they they even have the four star Dragon Ball, which uh, is interesting because like. You know, they're all like, because uh, I guess it's going back to Goku's heroism and stuff where he decides to, you know, originally his goal was to, um, you know, get the four star ball because that was his, uh, you know, his grandpa's memento. Um, but then he ends up deciding to use the wish to uh, bring Bora back to life. Um, you know, so, you, can, you know, him just being more of a hero, I suppose, um, which is good in contrast to Tao Pai Pai, who like is introduced uh, easily killing General Blue with his fucking tongue. Like, mm-hmm. between that and the way he, like, uh, plane? Too slow. I'm just gonna throw this pillar and ride it? Like, <laughs> like even reading it now and knowing where Dragon Ball goes, it's just a really cool display of power. Um, and it, like, instantly sets, like, like t- there's, boom, like, almost all of his characterization, everything you need to know in, like, a chapter. And it's like, uh, like, he just has a lot of impact, I suppose. Um, but yeah, then he crashes down, um, kills Bora pretty easily, um, who we who we just seem to be pretty strong in like taking care of all the red ribbon guys, uh, and then he I think gives Goku like um, the easiest loss that Goku's had up to this point, because um, like Yamcha gave him some pause, uh, Jackie Chun ultimately beat him, but it was it was like like what a five six eight chapter fight, um, and Top Pai Pai just like. Like, Goku does the Kamehameha, and he's like, Ugh, you ruined my clothes! Like, <laughs> what? Um, Goku's signature attack did fucking nothing. And so Tao Pai Pai just, like, wrecks him. And it's, uh, you know, very, uh, he, there's a, he's got a lot of impact. So, I, 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 like, when I, you know, it's baffling that Toriyama doesn't remember him. Uh, I guess that's because he, he, I guess he left more, way more of an impact on readers in that way, I suppose. Um, um, see, after he kills Goku, he leaves, um, to go get his clothes fixed, uh, obviously more important than finishing the, the, uh, delivering the Dragon Balls. I mean, the target's already dead. Um, (laughs) but of course, Goku is fine. Um, and he decides to go training with Karin, uh, after climbing the tower. And then, yeah, we already mentioned that, like, yeah, he just read Goku's mind like Roshi did, uh, which, you know, I guess it's just a thing that you can do if you're really good at martial arts. Um... Um, I was trying get, to think, because I know like with certain character names, like I couldn't remember for some reason with this character, I don't remember if that is actually what they translate his name as, but if it's not, then I couldn't remember what it was. And oh. the first thing that came to mind was Whiskers the Wonder Cat. I think which was I in heard some, that. <laughs> I think it was in, was it in the, what was it? 
Harmony Gold dub, like one of the very original. It was one of the know. super early Dragon because because yeah, there was like a couple attempts to dub Dragon Ball and bring it over before uh, mm-hmm. it actually became popular, and I do remember hearing about that. <laughs> because it's just so like what the fuck like they're not even trying to translate it at that point right like they're just like completely making things up uh so i mean is he a wonder cat yeah but it's a setting with lots of wonder animals who do crazy things that like like he's not really a wonder cat in this setting i guess um he's just he's just a good martial artist i'm I'm belaboring that um but yeah uh the training is nice because you just get like especially like the moment where uh goku thinks about like snatching it while he's sleeping and yeah uh, and that but he changes his mind and he's like oh he's different from roshi you know like what if the roshi would totally do that he's kind of a, he can be a sneaky bitch um <laughs> but it didn't work uh like it, it was almost kind of a test and then of course like the there's also like when uh goku has to like he, he climbs up and down the t- tower in three hours after some of the training where before it took him like a day uh so just like lots of little things going into yeah training there. Cool. yeah um, it's good it's good shit uh and especially, you know, the the payoff at the end where it's like, okay, here's the super uh, powered water that will make you stronger. And it's like, this is just ordinary rainwater. And it's yep. like, yeah, it was the training and it's, ah. Yeah, it's it's a good trope. Um, <laughs> well, because especially, cause, and I want to talk about more because it, it, like, there, the anime adds a scene where, the, I'm, if I remember correctly, where Tapai Pai goes and drinks the water as well. But yeah. instead of, like doing the training karin just gives it to him because you know he's a fucking assassin he's like he doesn't take any shit right so he doesn't actually benefit from it from the water really because the water isn't the point and i think that's just a really good analog for like the differences between the two characters and their whole fight um because like to go back to the fight i guess they like they fight again uh goku is able to like not give him pause and uh you know show his strength like immediately and instead of um and you know, Tao Pai Pai's reaction is interesting, right? Because Goku did lose, and his reaction was like, oh, like, and you could even say it's like the result of Roshi's lesson, right? Like there will always be someone stronger. So yeah, Goku's mm-hmm. just gonna he's gonna keep getting stronger and see the world. <laughs> um, so Goku got, he got stronger, right? Because uh, his point, the point for his character isn't to like accomplish things necessarily. It's just to you know just gradually self improve and stuff like that. Kind of feeds into the water training, like you know, which I think also is why like you know Hunter Hunter having the you know the detours can be more valuable than the destination. Like I think that's not only like a really good idea explored in Hunter Hunter, but I think it's just a really good idea in regards to maybe even just stories as a whole, but especially like these long running shonen series like mm-hmm. i think i mentioned in the at my mha video how like because there was the ign article that was complaining about the one fight and it's like no this has nothing to the to, to do with the main plot why are we focusing on this side character and my reasoning to counter that is like well this like the, the story isn't like like it's not just about the main plot of this arc you know focusing on the side character is a detour but it's one that will likely matter more in the future because mha is a bigger story so having all these like side characters and little things to focus on at times you know, those are little detours that make the the whole journey more like better at the end of the day, right? Um, 
So to tie that back to Goku is like, you know, he's going on these detours. Like here, this is an arc or a part of the arc that changes like his overall goal because he decides to bring Bora back to life, you know, which is a detour. Like, but because he's able to like appreciate those little detours and improve himself where Tao Pai Pai isn't a character like that at all. He only cares mm-hmm. about his goal, money. And so, like, when he's about to lose, instead of, like, self-reflecting, self-improving, you know, finding a way to be a better martial artist, he, he pulls out a weapon, a sword. Um, and I love Goku breaks a sword, and then he gets, he, he puts away his, uh, Neo, I, I can't pronounce the Noivo? actual name. Noivo, thank you. Um, yeah, he puts it away. It's like, I'm just gonna beat you hand-to-hand, because, like, that's how the, you know, Budokai Tenkaichi works. He wants to get stronger, so he's gonna keep fighting this strong opponent, like, on those terms, even though he could win more easily if he wants to and so top but he just you know again top he just keeps bringing out like uh, he brings out the grenade he bows he and like i'm i'm weak uh i give up uh, to try and do a sneak attack like he has no integrity no values and no desire to actually improve uh so like that the anime scene of him getting the water is just a really good like uh addition because it, it perfectly encapsulates sort of like the differences between him and goku i think um but even without it, it's still, like, a really good fight, and I really like uh, Top Pai Pai um, as, as an antagonist. So, uh, like, I would say this is my favorite fight in the series so far, personally. Yeah, no, it's good. I also kind of like the part where, um, yeah, I think it's only after, you know, Goku is able to kind of uh, stop all of his tricks. Like, the thing with the sword, and the do- he's able to block the Dodonpa, um... And stuff like that. Then mm-hmm. there there is a little bit where like he kind of just lets Tao Pai Pai, you know, beat the beat the crap out of him. And then he's like, Yeah, that did hurt. Um, but now I know all your techniques. Um so like even even at that point, uh when Tao Pai Pai has like used his sword and stuff and tried to like cheat sort of and take shortcuts, um, you know, Goku's still able to like compliment his strength. Uh that like, hey, yeah. yeah, those punches did hurt. Um but uh, you're not as strong as me, loser. <laughs> no, yeah, Goku, like, recognizing Tapapai, even though Tapapai is, like, kind of a piece of shit, but Goku still, like, respects his strength to a degree, and, uh, you know, yeah, he because he, he wants to improve it. It's it's uh, it's cool. And I guess, like, you do see some of that respect towards antagonists. Like, I guess, you know, we'll obviously read it and see how we feel, but, like, uh, the moment where Goku gives Cell the sensu bean... Um, which is, made, uh, uh, like, you know, it's kind of a controversial moment, and I've definitely seen people talk about it, but, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how we feel when we read it, reread it, but, uh, I don't know. It's, it, <laughs> Goku's a good character, uh, Tao Pai Pai's a good antagonist, uh, it was a good fight. I liked it. It sure is lucky that, uh, Goku kicking that bomb didn't detonate the bomb. <laughs> that <laughs> would have been bad. <laughs> was that a Mystere Fusion? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, uh, if, I don't know. He's just like the one example that we've been bringing up that I know we, uh, you know, would reference. No, yeah, he, so. he, he, yeah, his series is the kind of thing where he, it, he would make an observation like that. Yeah, uh, not as like a whole. Like, and maybe yeah, it's yeah. just like <laughs> so buried in my subconscious that I thought right. it was me. Um, <laughs> I mean, because if he did, it sounds like the thing he'd like bring up for like uh, just a throwaway line is kind of like a hey, hey, that's kind of funny to think about rather than like a whole five minute tirade on like, why did Goku do that? That was stupid. Like he's not that, <laughs> he's not that kind of cinema sins YouTuber, right? <laughs> like... Uh, even you know he does go really in on some parts, but uh, yeah, this doesn't seem like one that he that he would. So um. oh, I also think it's uh, 
there i remember now there was a bit uh between balma and general blue when when balma was like uh if you let me go, I'll join the Red Ribbon Army. And Blue was like, the Red Ribbon Army has no need for women. Um, <laughs> but then here there's a, what what is her rank? Colonel Violet? And it's like, hello. He, maybe maybe he was just never aware that she was in the Red Ribbon Army. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it turns out, like, like I just kind of think, imagine Commander Red being like, oh yeah, uh, General Blue, he's a gigantic sexist piece of shit, so just no one tell him about Violet? Uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> I can see that happening. General um, Blue, I hate that guy. <laughs> like it turns out, it within the like that's why Commander Red was so like, oh yeah, just tell Popeye show off your stuff. Yeah, I'll pay uh five hundred fi- or fifty million Z just to uh wa- you know ha- have General Blue dead. Like you know he already lost. Whatever. What am I losing? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's uh <laughs> interesting to think about. I hadn't thought. I I did think about that briefly, but I didn't uh, think about it any more than that. Um, it's also like one of those things that like she's there for two panels, um, <laughs> right? Not like, much of a not much of a big character. I just thought it was funny in the context of that one interaction. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it, see, I thought it was uh, weird at first because like uh, Volma, you know, they find out that oh shit, Goku is going to fight the entire Red Ribbon Army alone. Is he insane? We did to help him, you know, which is good. Good friends. Um, but you know, they don't, he doesn't need their help. Um, but they do still end up being relevant in the arc after, uh, or in the part of the arc after rather yeah. when, when they go to Baba. So like, cause I remember being confused. I was like, well, you guys were useless, <laughs> but uh, no, it's like, there's more to go. So it works out. But, uh, and that's of course kind of the, like Jesus fucking Christ with, uh, Goku just took on a fucking army of like the most, like the most ruthless cr- crime group in the world. And just like, yeah, he's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> he just beat their ass. <laughs> It is um, kind of nice to maybe perhaps see a little bit of a character development, maybe. I don't know. But, like, before when Bulma shows up and is a part of the arc, she's like, the minute she finds out about the Red Ribbon Army, she's like, why am I here? I shouldn't have come. Why did you bring me? Let me leave. Um, but, like, here they recognize that Goku is going into, like, their stronghold, and they're like, oh, we should help him. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know... For for a moment there, she's able to not be. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's, had, maybe it's yeah. T- it's too uh, presumptuous to call that character development. But uh. <laughs> yeah, she's she like you know that's the thing is like they they have their instances of being bad people, but ultimately they're the main characters because they are good people in the end. Uh, uh-huh. Where the bad character, the antagonist, even if they you know have that like Pilaf having their moments of harmlessness, you know they're all, at the end of the day not the best people. Uh, so. Um. But yeah, also like the line where Commander Red's like, uh, I'm not going to stand for our organization being destroyed by a brat who doesn't even know what an elevator is. Um, <laughs> after Goku like, uh, oh shit, there's no stairs. Better jump through the ceiling. <laughs> even though there's like an elevator like right there in the panel. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, Goku beats the shit out of everyone. Um, uh, Black finds out that Red just wanted to be taller, which, you know, I already talked about how ultimately the organization was destroyed by the, sh- the shortest one here. And the um, and then uh, Black also has a moment where he, like, tries to, like, reason with Goku, and he's like, oh, you know, I'll give you half the world. He didn't say that, but I did think about that because, again, Dragon Quest. Um, and, uh, yeah, it ends up, yeah, he gets in a robot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess in that way, like, Commander Red is sort of an interesting antagonist, because... Uh, 
he's not a he's not a fighter. He was a guy who just like wielded pawns, and so like Goku, a fight with Goku and Commander Red wouldn't be interesting because mm-hmm. Commander Red's not a fighter. Uh, so yeah, he just dies before Goku even gets there, and it's uh, I don't remember any other instance of something like that happening in the series. Uh, where it's yeah. like the main oh. the main bad guy doesn't actually end up uh confronting the protagonist. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, and that is pretty rare because like I, I even compared him to Spanda before and I didn't think about that aspect too, where he is like either both these weak leaders who ultimately like they're they're the people they, they command do the actual fighting, so to speak. Um like though I will say because there was one comment mentioning how oh uh, Roshi disguises Jackie Chun was maybe an influence to Luffy's disguise as Lucy uh, during Dressrosa and like with stuff like that it's like maybe but also you know where do these tropes come from uh, is are they that specific uh, that you know we could like even if they are similar like I don't know if I would just outright describe influence even though you know I do know Oda loves Dragon Ball like uh, another connection I thought of that is may- uh, maybe has a bit more uh, similarity to it is. Uh, I mentioned this during the discussion was you have Bobbity and Boo uh, with, the, you know, the small uh, manipulative uh, gremlin who's commanding like a, a larger and dumber, but ultimately like has a good heart underneath. I compare that to Weevil, uh, Edward Weevil and uh, Whitebeard's alleged son and Bakin, where Weevil seems to be a good guy um, or at least better than um, he's being manipulated as. But, uh, you know, that hasn't been resolved yet. But, you know, so like. Yeah, Dragon Ball has a lot of influence in, uh, into, you know, One Piece because he's mentioned it. So, but I, I don't know. There's some that I'm just like a little like, I'm not sure if I'd go that far. But I don't know. I understand where it's coming from, at least. You can so. tell it's been a while since we last read One Piece because I was struggling <laughs> to remember who those characters were. I, I was trying to be descriptive enough to, to uh, but they only show up like once in the material that you read. Mm. <laughs> so uh, maybe Wano should just end so we can uh, read more <laughs> One Piece. Um, so... But uh, it's it's not over yet. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, the fight between you know Goku wins because uh, he's strong. Like the, the, this part almost feels like a victory lap after Tao Pai Pai. Um, so, and, but it, it, it's like there's a lot of falling action in this arc. Come to think of it, because like not only do you have this, but then you have the more comp- competition aspect with Baba and get to find the last Dragon Ball. And Pilaf is a complete non-threat. <laughs> so. Uh, it's also interesting uh, power scaling as far as bombs go, because at the very <laughs> end, when Goku, like, he kicks away the bomb that that blows up Tao Pai Pai, uh, but, but then also with the Red Ribbon Army, the, the um, you know, Black Fire is a big bazooka gun bomb thing that, like, blows up a mountain, and when Goku <laughs> kicks that one, he's like, ow, uh, which is goes to show that if he just... that's what they really should have done is just found like a really big bomb and eventually it would have been too strong for For Goku to kick away. (laughs) You're right. I can't, can't say anything to that. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, Goku, Goku finds the gang again. Uh, They are horrified at the idea that Goku defeated the entire army. Um, And Roshi even notes that like, he might've been strong enough, but he might not have had the stamina to do so because he's older. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, so just uh, like setting up Goku is like, yeah, he's uh, really fucking strong. Um, but he also, uh, by being that he's, you know, the, like they still want to go fight him in the tournament, you know, so and they're going to use him as a bar to like reach and strive towards, which is uh, cool. Uh, like they're not giving up, I guess. Um, like they're still going to apply themselves, which I guess is a thing because like ultimately, yeah, they're, they're like, you know, in Z and stuff. They're not like the strongest characters in the series, but they're still like 
uh, miles above most of the characters who show up and have shown up. Um, so like they're like mm-hmm. you know oh no they're not the strongest period well they're still really fucking strong because yeah they do continue to like apply themselves and fight in these tournaments uh, not all of them I think Yamcha fades away but Krillin he still fights in the tournaments uh, so in Z and stuff but uh, yeah I don't know that's a tangent well I think it is kind of interesting um, around like this point uh, like the stuff with uh, Karin Tower in the water uh, like it does sort of you know it shows that like the passing of the torch is approaching, right? That, uh, you know, he, Goku has already done something in three days that took his master three years. Right. Uh, and so it's kind of, you know, look, looking back to the, the, the first tournament when, uh, you know, they were about on the same level, like, you know, Goku almost was able to, to beat Jackie Chun, but, uh, not quite, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was the experience that, prevented Goku from right. winning that fight. But now that things have progressed and now we're getting to the point where it will uh, sort of come to a head in the next tournament when, you know, Jackie Chun and Ten- when Ten Shinhan comes up and yes. uh, there's a fight there and stuff. And so the torch gets passed. Also, uh, you said it again. I, I realize it's funny that we, because um, I-, I feel like I'll have no problem saying Ten Shinhan, uh, even though we've, we've, I tend to lean to Krillin. So it's I'm not consistent. And I, I like. I wonder if is it because Krillin's just more relevant over in the series overall? Is it because uh, maybe Tien isn't? I don't know. Uh, as I, I don't know. I just I was thinking about like there's a discrepancy there with. Uh, um, well, know. I've also sometimes seen like a mix of like translations where they'll refer to him as like Tien Shinhan, and it's like oh. no, that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> like they they compromise. I think that's actually what the dub of the original Dragon Ball does. I think Funimation's dub of oh, that because okay. because especially with him being a more focal character. Um, I think if I, if my memory is correct, so it's just kind of like I don't know. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's a tangent <laughs> that's not relevant to the to the regular. No, yeah, no, that's I mean that's an interesting way to handle it to try and like be a little bit more like the original name while also still keeping the dubism, I suppose. But uh, that's mm-hmm. uh, uh, next reading. So, um, so anyway, they go to the fortune teller's place uh, after Goku gets some new clothes, and you know they have to beat the five monsters, or as we've come out to kind of see, they're they're all themed after monsters of some kind uh, to get the the fortune for free and yeah definitely like go like even though they're all like you know spooky halloween monsters it's all all, it's all super comedic uh yeah it's definitely like you said the falling action from Mm -hmm. the red ribbon army right where there's you know (laughs) there's some good gags like i like the one where upa he, he he puts his arms out and he's like I'm a vampire's worst enemy, a crucifix. And, like, only then is the vampire actually afraid. Like, before he's like, what are you doing? And then it's like, I'm a crucifix. He's like, ah! <laughs> like, he's only... <laughs> it's completely a mental thing. Like, he's just so dumb. <laughs> uh, it made me laugh. Um, there's a pervert thing. Uh, not so much. With the Invisible Man. That happens. Moving <laughs> on. Uh... You know, the mummy is there to be the, another guy who beats up Yamcha, but then Goku save beats him up. <laughs> Poor Yamcha. Yeah, he just he just keeps getting beat up. <laughs> he is, he's absent since the tournament, and he comes back, and he's like, ooh, I'm looking forward to the Red Ribbon Army. Uh, I haven't, you know, all the people at this school in this city are too soft. Uh, and then he 
<laughs> you know, he tries. Yeah, yeah, he does his best. <laughs> but yeah, then Goku beats up the mummy uh, easily. And then the devil man comes out. And uh, Goku's like his natural counter. Like, because he does the beam to uh, turn the evil into his heart and make, it, make him explode from the inside. And Goku's just like... That what was that? Which of course I like that one. I guess that's another like One Piece reference that's that's a bit like there's so similar. It's kind of hard to not think about with the uh, Boa Hancock and her uh, petrification, uh, if you know, thing with Luffy, and it just completely doesn't work on him. Um, so uh, and Goku beats up him too. I do wish like uh, I wonder I, how I would would have reacted to this if I didn't know that it was Grandpa Gohan because um, like there's definitely a point where it's like you know it's spelled out right before goku he's unmasked but uh you know it's uh i don't know it, it's still you know neat to, to finally meet him because he's been so important to goku's life uh so yeah and you know he's also a pretty strong fighter and you know the re- the way the reveal works is good because oh he does know uh how, how does he know goku's tail is his weak spot um i guess especially what gets me is like after the fight where um like, because Goku has not cried up to this point, and we don't really see mm-hmm. his crying face, but, like, we, you know, uh, aw, he's he's glad to meet his grandpa again. It's, it's I don't know, it's sweet. Um, uh, did you have any more to say on the those fights, any of those fights, or shall we just move on to the end of the arc? Um, I mean, you know, they, they, they work as kind of a... It's almost kind of interesting in that they don't feel all that connected to... The red ribbon portion mm-hmm. um but it, but it, obviously it is it is part of the arc is like dealing with uh the stuff with um upa and like they have to get the wish but uh yeah i don't know it's it's interesting how it all ties together and how it does kind of provide uh you know it's one last i guess you could say one last little um uh, a gasp of dying adventure before it go into the battle series yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i put it in a bad way but uh, <laughs> um but no, yeah, it's 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 fun stuff, um, and yeah, it's like you said, the or like we said, the falling action. But uh, so yeah, they get the fortune. Uh, Goku finds Pilaf's gang, um, and of course, like there's the whole like build up and you know payoff with like they find out through satellite that Goku's weak spot is is his tail. Uh, they didn't <laughs> watch far enough to see Goku's tail get ripped off. <laughs> yeah, and so they're completely ineffectual as always. Um, but yeah, Goku gets the Dragon Ball, uh, goes back, wishes for Bora to come back to life, and he, he's actually able to like pull, pick out the four, the four star Dragon Ball from. Which actually, um, <laughs> you know, it would save them a lot of trouble, especially later in the series where Goku's even faster uh, to be able to just grab all the Dragon Balls before they fly away, or chase after them. But when they said, so <laughs> I don't know, I just thought I had. Hmm. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, they promise to meet together for the tournament. Uh, Roshi gives him some training, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's the end of the Red Ribbon Army arc. Uh, yeah, Tao Pai Pai was definitely the like highlight for me, but there was a lot of good stuff. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a good good arc. I I liked it. <laughs> Dragon yep. Ball, good. Gasp. Hot take. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious. So uh, next reading is like because it's technically the end of the the quote unquote Dragon Ball material, but like I said, it kind of like. It might as well be Z by the end of it because just the way that like it's already kind of shifting its tone and Goku's older, um, more action focused. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually really curious about the next reading. 
Um, yeah, and also, isn't the next reading uh, the one where it's it's a big reading, just considering yes. what all we end up reading for it? Yeah, it's, it's chapters 113 to 194, which at the end of the day, that's only like 80 chapters, um, but it is three arcs, because it's, it's the 22nd uh, Tenkaichi Budokai, uh, Demon King Piccolo, and Piccolo Jr. Um, so Oh, jeez, yeah, so that's like the rest of pre-time skip. Um, right, because after that, that we start... That's, that's uh, the last yeah. of Kid Goku... Yes. Like, by the end of that reading, he is an adult, and we have a whole arc of him as an adult. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're, like, this, I guess this is the first time, I think, we, in the Nensha that we have done, like, a, 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 not just a design change time skip, but, like, the first big design change time skip, uh, to the point that, like, uh, you know, Torishima, um, who wasn't Toriyama's editor at the time, but was his editor when he started Dragon Ball, uh, was fucking afraid that like they were gonna get complaints when they changed Goku's design, um, so he waited at Jump's office for the complaints to come in, and they never did <laughs> because he was so like he was so worried that like people would react negatively to such a dramatic status quo change. Um, but it didn't, and, and you know if anything, it likely made Dragon Ball more popular, which is why you see these kind of like design change time skips like we get Naruto or One Piece or you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh yeah but, but but yeah we're not dividing it by the time skip we're we're just going we're just going straight through uh from piccolo uh, to piccolo junior uh so we'll see how the discussion goes i mean this discussion wasn't super long in the first place so i feel like discussing through and this was practically yeah like, may- maybe yeah. it will it will end up not being it was more just like in concept thinking of uh how it would be but now that we've been doing the the podcast it's more like no nah, that's that's probably doable yeah, I was worried about the discussion lengths because again, it's Dragon Ball, like I said. But yeah, no, I mean this was pre- this was one I'd say arc with, but like or one saga you could say with like several like mini arcs in it that you know. Uh, but they weren't super. They they weren't as long compared to the ones we're gonna be reading next time. And after this, we get into yeah, it'll just be like uh, singular, more more. I don't know. It should be fine. I think we should be fine with the current like layout setup we have for. Uh, the readings uh there'll be longer read longish readings but uh especially once we get into these next arcs there's gonna be even more action so it should be even uh it should be perfectly fine i think we'll be good basically so uh thank you for listening and we will see you next time wait what is our official you already said the chapter count right i thought i did 113 to 194 yeah i think i said that you did i'm just dumb i just don't (laughs) you had a goku moment All right, thank you for listening. Goodbye.